Welcome to track number six of the Word of My Patience. Hallelujah. Is it fantastic? Jacob. Did I tell you about Jacob? Not yet. Jacob went to Bathsheba and he dreamed. This is his calling on. And behold, a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to the heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. Wow, what a, what a calling. I said, what a call. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, God of Abraham thy father, and the God of Isaac. The land whereon thou liest, to thee I will give it, and to thy seed. What a calling. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south. Unless we are going too far. Let's just take the first part of the calling. The land whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it. Hey, you come somewhere you are sleeping, and then the land on which you are lying, which is somebody's land, I will give it to you. Do you know how long it has taken for that land to be given to the Israelites? It was recently in 1948. That they were now getting back some of those lands. It takes a long time. And even up till now, their land, it extends from the Jordan to the sea. But within their land, okay, do you understand east and west? West, west means the left. West is left. East is right. It's another way of saying right hand drive is eastern drive. So east and west, we have the Jordan River. And to the left of the Jordan River is all Israel. But up till today, the Palestinians who are really Jordanians are living in there. Have you not heard that this thing on the news before? West Bank. West Bank is the Palestinians who are on the west part of the bank. They shouldn't be there. <laughs> Every day, West Bank, West Bank, West Bank, West Bank. Because all of Israel is from the, the river divides Jordan and Israel. The Jordan River from top to bottom divides. Israel is on the left or the west and Jordan is on the right. So the Palestinians who are on the west, they are inside Israel. That's what you hear. The West Bank, the West Bank, West Bank, West Bank, West Bank. Up till today, 2011, the word of my patience is still on course. It's not a small thing. Are you listening to me? It's not a small project. It's not a small vision. So the vision that God has given you and the word that He's giving to send you to a village. Maybe by the time you finish with that village, the village will be so developed. Yes, so developed. By the time you are finishing. And it will be even a city. 
with so many, many more people. When I became a pastor in Ghana 25 years ago, the population of Ghana was about 10 million. And the population of Ghana now is about 25 million. Huh? So, so many people have come into Accra. These are people who are in Accra are church members. Because the city has to grow for the church to grow. That's why the larger churches are in larger cities. The largest church in the world is in Korea, Nigeria, India. These are where you find big churches. Where there's a lot of population. So you may even have to wait. Maybe God has given you a vision for a big church. You have to even wait for the population to increase. People to give birth. Hey! Every day you have to pass by the hospital and bless it. Lord, let more be born. Because in 14 years time from now, they will all be joining the church. 15 years time, 12 years, 11 years, they will all be 6 years after they can join. By the time they are 18, you see they are grown-ups 18 years from now. So whenever you go to a town, people are giving birth today, today, today. Some are giving last year, the year before, the year before, to be three years. They are all your members. Yeah. Not a small thing. So when he says the land, they have given you the land. 2011, we are still watching the land. Yeah. So as for God's caller, honestly, for me, I have noticed that there is no short aspect of God's calling. There's nothing short about God's calling. And I'm convinced that the call of God must be pursued from a young age. You must be 20 something when you start. And you must plan how to be in the thing for a long time. Do you understand? Yeah. Then he goes on and he says, I'll give it to thy seed. You see, have you got a seed? Do you have a child? You are not even married. You don't have a beloved. Nobody likes you. Because they see you as a poor person. They see you as ugly. They don't see you as somebody who should be married. Nobody likes you. And you, are, and you have received a word that I will give it to your seed. Hey! Is it not amazing? It's the word of his patience. Amen. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth. Wow. God is going to give you fruits. Which will be so many that you can't count. I used to prophesy. One day we'll have churches here. Here. I wouldn't know the names of the pastors. Has anybody heard me say something like that before? Many years ago. And today, it's not that I don't want to know the name. I don't say, I'm a pastor. Are you a who? Are you? I say, I'm a pastor. Here, light up. Oh, yeah. Wow. I don't know most of the pastors now. Is it not amazing? But I used to say it. A time will come. A time will come. I'll pass by a church and say, who is the pastor here? So I don't know who, 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 who is there. Practically. I said, I'll make your seed like the dust. But when there's dust here, you can't recognize, oh, this is the dust that was here. It has moved from here to here. When, when I see that, I say, oh, this is the dust that was at the back. 
you don't even know where it comes from and where it's going. That is the meaning of fruitfulness and multiplication to the point where you don't even know where it's coming, where it's going. Amen. Amen. Are you listening to me? And then, it goes further and it says, Thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and the north and to the south. Wow. Wow. You have not even spread just around you before you are thinking of the north and the south and the east and the west. Amen. I mean, Lighthouse, we would like to be in the east because 60% of the world is in the east. But we don't really have any major church in the east. It's not easy to spread to the east. So, some of you, you, you want to spread so quickly. It's not easy to spread to the east. But he told you, you spread to the east and to the west. It's not easy to spread to the western world. We have churches in the west, but we don't have many real westerners in our churches. Yeah. So we spread to the west, but it is in a way. But we don't have Norwegians and Swedish people and Swiss people, Germans, Frenchmen, do you see Dutchmen? We don't have that much. Huh? Italians. We don't have, do you see any Italians in the church? Do you see any Italians? Yeah. It's so easy to spread to the west. And the north. All these Muslim areas, we don't have it. We have not been able to spread to the north. To Morocco. Huh? After so many years. Tunisia. Hey, Libya. Egypt. Tunisia. Huh? Algeria. The north. We have not been able to spread there. And the south. The islands down in the sea. We have not been able to reach those islands. There are islands with people, inhabited islands. It's not a small thing. God's, God's vision and God's calling is the calling of great patience. One day I went to a village in the western part of Ghana. And far away from Takradi, went west, turned into the forest, came down to the seaside. And there, what did I see? A Methodist church. To my amazement. There was a Methodist church. And there was a man who helped to build the Methodist church. He, his grave was like the boys' quarters of the church. He has made it with wash terrace when he was in it. Hey! He helped to build that church. And I was amazed. And I was thinking that far away in West Africa, John Wesley's ministry has spread south to that corner of that corner of Ghana. Do you understand? But it, it takes, it takes, he's been dead for 200 years. His bones cannot even be found. If you go, you won't see anything. You can't even identify which one is John Wesley or which one is the other pastors. They are all together. They buried six of them together. He wanted to be buried with his pastors. So when you go to England, on the road, you see the main headquarters of the Methodist church and there's a place behind it. And that is where he's buried with his pastors. Yeah. And other Methodist pastors, they're all together at the same place. And they were making a road at the back there. So they had to move some of them inside 
it's, it's gone. It's no more here. And he's bearing fruit in today, 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 today. We even learned Covenant Sunday. We learned it from Methodist lay ministry, synod, a conference we are having. We all these are all Methodist things that we have copied. Oh yeah, copy a lot of things from the Methodist Church and from John Wesley. Yeah, he's one of my heroes, dead heroes. Yeah, uh, it's not a small thing. Do you understand? Yeah. And he lived around the age of 52. He thought he was going to die. But he didn't die. He even wrote his memoirs. He wrote what should be written on his gravestone. Everything. But he didn't die. (laughs) What a shock. And he had to continue. And finish running his course. Because apparently his course wasn't over. Because in those days, most people died young. Forties. So most people married widows. Yeah, you usually marry a widow. It's like somebody whose husband had died. So he married a widow, and I think his brother also married a widow. It's like mostly you just marry widows. They are, they are, they are, they are available. <laughs> Is it not amazing? Is it not fantastic? Is the word. He said, because thou hast kept the word of my patience. You see, on Sunday morning they give words. Words of encouragement. Word of prosperity. Word of healing. Word of, but this is the word of my patience. This one, it takes patience to follow it. But if you follow it patiently, you will come to a place and you see the blessing of the Lord. Amen. Are you there? Alright. So spreading to the north. Life as us, we, are, we, we have not spread. When we were watching all the problems in Libya, we didn't have any feelings. You know, we were just watching. We didn't have any feeling about, oh, how is our pastor? Who is we have nothing there. Yeah. I, went to, I went to Libya and uh, when I got to Libya, they told me over here, there are three things we don't have. I said, three things, said, three things we are not having here in Libya. Tripoli, I was in uh, Libya. Number one, we don't have Americans. Number two, we don't have Jews. And number three, we don't have Christians here. That's what they told me. These are three things we don't have here in Libya. We don't have Americans, we don't have Jews. We don't have Christians. Wow. I was spread to the east. Spread to the north. Spread to the south. And in thee, and in thy seed, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. <laughs> now, this calling for families to be blessed, it, it came to pass mysteriously through Christ. Because it through Jacob came Christ, Judah, and the lion of the tribe of Judah. And through him, all families, Nigerian families, Egyptian families, American families, English families, South African families, Kenyan families, Zambian families, all the families of the earth have been blessed through Christ. 
that it was going to take about 4,000 years from the time Jacob received this promise because it's estimated that the Bible is about 6,000 years. So it took about 4,000 years to the coming of Christ before this word of my patience began to flicker. By which time Abraham and Jacob and the guys had been gone. Yeah. I went to Israel and then at first I believed everything they were saying. They said, oh, this is Rachel. You know, when you are going to where Jesus was born, Bethlehem. They said, this is Rachel's tomb. I tell you. You see a block like this raised above the ground. When the, the road comes, it passes around it. And that thing alone is circled with barbed wire. That is where Rachel is buried, the mother of Israel. Yeah. <laughs> the wife of uh, Jacob. This is where she is buried. I mean, you go to a place, they say, this is where um, David's uh, tomb is. Ah. 4,000 years ago. Most of the things are lies. But, symbolic, you get a feeling. <laughs> Most of the things are not true. It cannot be true. <laughs> they showed me a sycamore tree. They said, this is a sycamore tree. Yeah. Zacchaeus. Yeah. So you will get the impression that it was just four years ago that Jacob was told such a thing. No. Four thousand. There is no human body. We have eaten his body long time ago. You see, one day I was watching Ghana television. Then I saw the vice president of Ghana had died. And he had requested to be um, cremated. So he was now in a bottle. And they took him to the sea in Winneba, where he came from. And they sprinkled his ashes into the sea. <laughs> now, do you know Shonyi? Shonyi is a type of fish called grouper. They are all swimming in the waters there. Do you know redfish? Do you know barracuda? Do you know uh, what? Cassava fish. They are all swimming in the Winnebah seas. When they see the ashes, do you think they will leave it? They will, they will, they will eat it. When the fisherman goes tomorrow and he goes fishing, he catches the fish, brings it in, fries them, fries it for you. Before you realize, you are eating the vice president. Yeah. <laughs> With kinky and pepper. You may never know limited. Are you there? Or you are going home? So I'm explaining. The bodies of Jacob and Abraham and these guys, long time ago, they have evaporated. It's now that their visions and dreams are happening. Could it be that years to come, Lighthouse, the vision that we have had, and Akazo Bible School, years to come, 
that we will see the fruits. Could it be? Could it be we are just laying the path? Could it be that Christ will come 900 years from now? Could it be that 600 years from somebody will be reading a book so that were this, this and that, they were these are some of the things of this how they used to speak English. Wow! Could it be that some of you are going to set up an Akazo Bible school somewhere one day? Huh? Could it be? Could it be? Could it be? And that so many families, before many families are blessed through you, it's not a small thing. Look how many years it took Jacob, 4,000 years, before families started being blessed. Before he started spreading north, south, east, and west. That is why when you see somebody who is in a hurry, the Bible says that he that hasteth to be rich has an evil eye. You are in a hurry. You want to, I want to be, I want to be like Bishop just now. I want to be, I want to have a Nissan Patrol. I want to have a car. I want to be this. No. Relax. The first car that I had, my father bought for me. The first car that I had, it was my mother's old car. AA5469, Renault 4. The second car that I had, was a car that my father bought for me. A, a Renault 4. New Renault 4. I was a student. And a pastor. After church, we used to go for PFI. Do you know PFI? Yes. We used to go for PFI in my car. We were four. At that time, the whites were not as fat. Their bottoms were not as white. So they could... Four, all six of us would fit into that car. Six of us. And now their bottoms are so wide they cannot fit into these cars anymore. Because it's a narrow car. Have you seen it? <laughs> what an aftershock. Yeah. We used to go PFI from Kolegono, Kolebu to Tema. All of us would sit inside. We'd go all the way to Tema. Yeah, six of us. Yeah. Renault 4. Tema motorway, everything we go. Yeah. That was the second car that I had. The third car that I had, my brother-in-law bought a Toyota Corolla for me and sent free of charge. It was a gift. All these are gifts. For years I was just living on gifts. Handouts. The fourth car I had was a Toyota Corolla. Also, a newer one of the but a second hand one which was an it was an accident car that had been sprayed. <laughs> yeah. The fifth car that I had was an Evan bus. Somebody gave me an Evan. He dashed it to me, an Evan bus. And I gave the Evan bus to the church. Yeah. They even had an accident with it around the Tesano. They were going for a camp. They had an accident at Tesano Achimota overpass. I gave it to the church. I didn't use it for business or to take money or whatever. I just had the fifth car. And the sixth car that I had was a Toyota Corolla. Yeah. Again, 
I had it 16 years ago. That was the first time ever that the church had money to buy a car for me to use. 16 years ago. Or 15 years ago. 16, 15 years ago. I know the age, but the age is the day day that one of our church members had had a baby. The same time. All the time, just gifts and whatever that I didn't ask for, but I had them. The church was not able to buy. You see, you've come just now. Something that we started 26 years ago. You have come now. You start making say, if I was to have a car, I think it would really help. You know what we are doing now, and if I had this and it's not that you shouldn't have a car. I'm not saying that if I suffer to have a car, you should suffer to have a car. After all, cars are easier to get today than they were some years ago. It's easier to have a car. A brand new car, you can get a brand new car for $6,000. Only that you shouldn't have an accident in that car because you and the car will be joined together as a, a form of metal. The smallest car. Do you understand? Yeah. But for years, Yes, and yes. Bishop Saki, the first car Bishop Saki had was a ladder. Russian made, Russian made ladder. Hard body ladder. The second car that Bishop Saki had was a Toyota Carina body and engine that we joined. We had the body, we had the engine, and we joined them. <laughs> no, he had a Renault. He also had a, or he had, he had some car. We painted it blue. Yeah. Yosaki used to drive the red ladder like a box. You may never know. Let me tell So today, if you see me driving a car, you may look and say, Hey, people are enjoying your mouth like a lizard. Your mouth like a lizard. We are suffering here. We are suffering here. Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy. Amen. Are you there or you are going home? Jacob had a word of patience. And then he said, And behold, I am with thee. I will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and I will bring thee again into this land. For I will not leave thee. You see, one day God will bring you back to Ghana, back to Accra, back to the Kodesh. You went away empty-handed, but you will come back with your pockets full of offerings. And thanksgiving. And look at what the Lord has done. I will bring thee back to this land. But it will take time before you come back to the land. God, Jacob said, I went out of this place empty-handed and I have come back two companies. I've become a two bands. So now you are going, but it will take time. It's not next year when you are coming that everything will be okay. No, but with time, one day you will come back and step in that school that we are building there. And you will stand there 
you talk to the student, you say, come my friend, let me tell you something. Have you heard of the word of my patience? Do you know that? Do you know the meaning of that scripture? The word of my patience. Eh? Do, you, do you understand what it means when it says the word of my patience? Do you know what it means? Yeah, when they have night with the fathers, you'll be called. <laughs> it will happen practically. You see. It says, I'll bring you back to this land. It's a word of patience, oh. When it says, I'll bring you back to this land, it's a word of my patience. When it says, I'll bring you back to this land, it's a word of my patience. It's not something that will just happen overnight. It's a word of my patience. It's a word of my patience. It's a word of my patience. And God will bring you back to a place where you suffered. You want this. I want, the only place I want to go to is Kolegono. I want to see the trophy seller. I want to see the five-year seller. I want to see some of those things that when I was hungry, hey, I suffered in this place. What have you been through? Ayoko. Hey. What does Ayoko sell? Banku, beans, granite soup, kokonte. What? Jollof Center. Pepper Kitchen. Pepper Chicken or Kitchen? Chicken. Kitchen. Wow. You see, one day, I went to London. And then, um, the accountant, the accountant of the church, he said that when I come to London, I don't generate any expenses for the church. I said, I don't understand what you have. He said, no. When I come, I must go to a hotel. I must stay there. I must order wine, which will be about hundred and something pounds. The food that I eat will be uh, 200 and something pounds so that I would know through the accounts that I've come and these are the expenses that they have done on me for their accounts. So I was explaining to the accountant that what I have seen in this town, London, I eat only one pound. (laughs) Donna kebab. This is what I'm used to because I've stayed here before. I couldn't get any money or food to buy. Only the cheapest one pound. I calculated my one pound. I come there and I put the one pound on. One donna kebab. Meat and bread. And I eat, take it and I eat it. This is all. And I drink water from the tap. And I'm going. Yeah. So, as I've grown up, when I go back, I'll say, please take me to that place. <laughs> this is all I know. 
this all I know. I only know the cheapest that I am not able to generate expenses for them. They have no expense. But I don't know all those expensive things. I don't even know where they are. And that is how it is. And I suffered there. I, went, I hated In the time came, I hated London. I said, I don't like this place. I've suffered too much. Suffer hunger. You see how my, look at my shoes. This is how my shoes was. But this, it was the front. This was the only shoe that I had. When I go to the church, I, I go like this. You see that? I do something then to come on, on the stage. And I walk up. The day they made an announcement that all those playing instruments must wear jackets with uh, a tie. I was hot. I didn't have. And I didn't have money to buy. I have 11 pounds. One for one day. One pound, one pound, one pound, one pound to eat like that. Where am I going to get it? Where can I repair my shoe? I suffered there. So when I came back to the land, God blessed me. I came back to the land. Ha! It's been an experience. I tell you, to walk out of a place as a pauper and come back and see that the Lord has brought you back to the land. You appreciate it. And you see that you, don't, you cannot even develop the taste of a rich man. Because you, are, you only you grew up. Unless you, some, another spirit also enters you. Uh-huh. Maybe you have desired certain things for years and now that you have seen this is my opportunity. Hey! That's why some people, when they are poor, they buy benzes. Or at least an old, even an old one. They do repairs, repairs, repairs. Even when they are buying petrol, engine oil, always repair. But their dream has been Benz. Car, they are not any Benz. It's true. So one day you will come back to the land where you suffered. And you will ask that, Do you know Ayoko? Do you know Ayoko? Do you know Jollof Center? Do you know Pepper Chicken? Kitchen? You come to the school here, just up here. You call one of the students. Do you know Ayoko? And say, You are new. You are new. You tell the person, It's not what you are learning, it's what have you been through and what have you survived. And you tell them, Pass your exam. Pass your exam. But remember that it's not what you are learning, but what have you been through and what have you survived. And you will say, do you know what is worth of your patience? <laughs> These are not inventions. These are things that will happen practically. Amen. How many will have realized that all the calls are words of patience? Number four. The call of Moses. It's a word of my patience. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses! Moses! And he said, here am I. Are you looking for the scripture? Exodus 3. Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest 
is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land, and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. <laughs> These are your branches. So they are good. You, have, you have branches in Canaanites, branches among the Hittites, branches in the Amorites, branches in the Perizzites, branches in the Hivites, and branches in the Jebusites. Oh, what a calling! Look at, look at Moses' call. He said, I'm coming to give you land. Now therefore, behold, the cry. Even started with the call. He started with the later ones. He's now coming to the other one. He said, Behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me. I have seen the oppression. But with the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, now therefore I will send thee unto Pharaoh. That thou mayest bring forth my children, my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh? That I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. Egypt. Amen. Amen. Now, you have been sent to save people out of Pharaoh's hand. Huh? Look at me. A medical doctor trying to deliver people from Pharaoh all these years. It has not been easy for me to get people to leave Pharaoh. Huh? <laughs> oh, you have not thought about it. How many years I've been preaching? It's only when the lay pastors become old men and their businesses are not working. Then they start to say, I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. Hey! Look at Pastor Obi. After he has done business and business and business and business, before he said, I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. Look at Bishop in temple. After, after he has done business, he has built hospitals. He has employed so many people. Investment. But every day he will come and tell me, today I have got an x-ray machine. I say, hey! Today I have got this machine. I say, hey! Today I have got this other machine. Hey! It was when he went on admission to the hospital. God spoke to him upstairs. He was taken to the VIP section. Yeah. God spoke to him. Then he came. I surrender 
I bless the Savior, I surrender all. Hey! Look at Brother Lasso. <laughs> After he has gone to follow gynecology, he's working here, specialized here, 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 here. So many things. Gone to England, do so many, get into so many difficulties. Then one day he called me, he said what? I surrender all. I surrender all. All to be my I surrender all. Hey! Look at Lady Pastor Joy. Lady Pastor Joy. A doctor, PhD. I tried to extract her. I was able to extract her for one year. Then she boomerang back. For ten years, I'll be preaching. This and that and that and that. Then one day, she sent me a text. Dear Bishop, I surrender Shock. Huh? Me. God has anointed me all these years. I cannot easily extract people from Pharaoh. Eh? From the works of Pharaoh. And you, you get up. You have received such a word. You think that just tomorrow evening you will be delivering people from Pharaoh. Look at what I have suffered. What I have been through. Before just one or two sprinkles can escape from Pharaoh through my ministry. It's not a small thing. It's not a small thing. Huh? It's a word of my patience. Look at Ida's husband. He himself has admitted that he's a priest. Huh? He himself has admitted he said, well, I'm a priest. My whole life work is priest. But he's waiting for something before he will call me to sing which song? I surrender all. I surrender all. All to see my dead Savior. I surrender all. Hey! So dear friends, the word of my patience is a very real thing. It's not something you have to imagine tomorrow afternoon, next week, next year, by January, by February. You have to have a long distance mind. You see, every war, they give it a code name. So when Germany was going to invade Russia, they gave it a name, Operation Barbarossa. You get it? After a certain queen who had lived some years before. And they, 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 when they went, they had the mind that from June, I mean, latest three months, four months, they would have finished with Russia. And they were, they were almost right. Because 20 kilometers to Russia, they were stopped. 
and the weather dropped above than 30 degrees Celsius in one day. You know, so Hitler was explaining that so many bad things that happened when they went and so on. But they were expecting to be there for just a short time. So when they were going, they got winter coat because you cannot stay. Those of you who have never been in the winter, you cannot stand outside. Especially a place like Canada, your teeth will even be feeling cold. Your teeth will be feeling cold. You will see that your teeth are cold. Can you imagine your teeth are feeling cold? <laughs> Yeah. So they decided to make winter coats, but they said they, so. They made winter coats for one fifth of the whole army because it wasn't like just something on the side, but not that everybody would need a winter coat to stay alive. Just a few, maybe some reason we need a few soldiers here and so on. So they just one fifth. So instead of being ready. For a long, drawn-out war, they were ready for just before we were up to December. Nothing beyond, nothing through, no winter, no, no, no. This is what happened to Napoleon. There was nothing with, like that in mind. So when you are going in for a war, and you don't have the mind of something that is going to be protracted and long, you don't have even psychologically, you know, preparation, or even any other form of preparation that you need, for that is not even with you. And that's the cause of the defeat of Hitler during the Operation Barbarossa. Yeah. It wasn't really that he was biting more than he could chew because he had a very good army, well prepared and militarily ready. And Stalin has executed all his generals. You see, before he had done what they call the Great Purge, he had purged his army of all people he felt were against him. He had executed most of the top generals. There were just three or four left. Every, there was no experienced soldier in the, in the Russian army. Everybody was dead. So it was a good time to invade. Do you understand? That they invaded and this one thing made them fail. That is why I'm taking my time. Because I could, I could, I could just close the camp and say, that's it. Word of my patience, be patient when you go on the ministry. But I'm taking my time to go through to show you everybody who God used, everybody who was called, eh? the person was actually given a word of my patience. Nobody was actually given a word of my speed or a word of my tomorrow evening. It was a word of my patience. Yeah, it was a long term thing. And when it's a long term thing, you've rather converted into a short term something. For your mind. You are setting yourself up for another operation, Barbarossa defeat. May you never fall into such a defeat in Jesus' name. Amen. So, we are going to get Pharaoh to release people. Ah, tomorrow when you go and you start your church, don't start blasting doctors who are not you see, where I come from, my pastor is a doctor. Doctors should be working full time for God. I need three doctors. How of them will leave your church tomorrow? You will not be left with even one doctor in your church. Know that the village doctor, the town doctor will not join your church. It's true. Meanwhile, the town, the medical officer in charge would have been in your church. And the nursing officer in charge would have been in your church. Yeah. But because of your impatient way of talking about you, you should be, you should be full time. Doctors are supposed to you are, you, are, you are behaving like a fool. You are talking like a fool. Do you know what it will take before a doctor will come and work full time? 
It's a word of my patience. It's a word of my patience. Don't blast them and tell them I'm landing. People are coming to full-time ministry. You are here in this village. You don't want to come to full-time ministry. Huh? Bishop has left medicine. What are you doing here? No. This ministry that you are being sent into is a taking time ministry. Taking of your time. Are you listening to me? And with time, you'll be surprised. Amen. Then he went on to branches. A good land. A large land. A land flowing with milk and honey. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A land flowing, a large land flowing with milk and honey. Now, do you know the amount of toffees you can make with milk and honey? A land flowing with milk and honey? It's going to take a long time before you see milk and honey. When God promised you milk and honey, (laughs) it is true, it is true, but you need to believe that it's a word of my patience. Now, when one day Moses was taking the people out and one of the people came and accused Moses saying that he has not brought them, turn with me, (laughs) to the land of milk and honey. Mercy. you promise us. It's not happening. Numbers chapter 16, quickly. Verse 12. And Moses sent to call Dathan and Abraham, the sons of Eliab, which said, We will not come up. And they said, Is it a small thing that thou hast brought us up out of a land that floweth with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness, except thou altogether make thyself a prince over us? Then listen on. This is a verse that is one of the most important verses in the whole Bible. Verse 14. Moreover, thou hast not brought us into a land that floweth with milk and honey. You have not brought us. You have not brought us. That's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> That's a fact. You have not brought us. What you said has not happened. <laughs> yes, you've lied to us. It has not happened. Thou hast not brought us into a land that floweth with milk and honey or given us inheritance of fields and vineyards. Will you put out our eyes also? We will not come up. We will not come. What do you mean? You have not brought us to a land that's blowing with milk and honey. 
You said God has called you to take us to a land that flows with milk and You have not brought us to a land that is flowing with milk and honey. Mercy. Lord have mercy. You see my friends, you will be surprised to know that as you go on your calling, you will meet people that will tell you, you did not bring us. You see, you said you were, but we have not. We are here. Practically, where is it? Liar! You have not brought us. It has not happened. Oh, you said God has called you to set up a church. Where is the church? Where are the people? There's nobody. Just children. Just children. Just more boys and girls. Sunday school church. Where is the choir? Where is the choir? Where is the members? Nobody has a car. Where is this? Every day you say mega. This and that. Where is it? You have not brought us into a land. You have not. You have not. That's a fact. Face the fact. Face reality. Stop hiding. Stop pretending. You have not brought us. Hey! Are you in the school too? You are with the media team. Which media? But you are not a pastor. You don't look like a pastor. The way you are sitting there looking. Where are you from? Oligono. Okay. You look morose. Gloomy. You have not done it. You have not done it. I was accused. No miracles. I was accused. You are just an administrator. I was accused. Anything that you can be accused of, I've been accused of it. And just think. Just freely think. Just think freely. Anything you think of, I've been accused of it. I will not limit your mind to this area, this area. Just think freely, extensively. Think extensively. I've been accused of that before. Wow. Yeah. On this road. Eh? And you you got to be ready for it. It's going to come. I'll read a letter to you. One night, listen to somebody's letter. Dear Bishop, I started following your teachings in the year 2000. But we were told in a pastor's conference not to associate ourselves with anything that has to do with you because you are a cult leader. One night in January this year, I tuned into Sweet Melodies and I heard you preaching. I quickly turned off the dial. But the Lord spoke to my heart and said, Go back and listen to him. He is my servant. I reluctantly tuned into the station. As I listened to the preaching, the Lord spoke to me the second time. I said, Follow him. Never doubt anything he says. Follow him. He is my servant. Ever since then, I have been an ardent follower of your teachings. Forgive me, but I have recorded every message preached both at dawn and in the morning. 
and sweet melodies. And then he goes on and on and on and on. And then he said one day I was invited somewhere to meet with a revivalist or something. Alright. And then he said I came face to face with such a revival. After, after the prayer I asked him to tell me what he had heard from the Lord for me. I think a prophet. He started by saying the Lord has anointed you more than Daggywood Mills and you are going to do more than he's doing. My heart beat, Mr. B, I was afraid that something evil was about to happen to me. And I asked him, why my bishop and not any other man of God? Because it seems he's the one reigning spiritually. That is why he said, I asked him of his place of worship and who his pastor is. He said, I was once a member of Lighthouse, but by divine direction I've left that church. Lighthouse is not what many people think it is. It is a cult. There is a cancer in that church, he said. I said to myself, I have met a senior Orangu today. <laughs> Amen. And on and on and on and on and on. You'll be surprised. You think that you're just going to do the work of God and you'll just be freely flowing around all over the place. You are going to meet things. Amen. That are going to be insulting. Accusing. Do you get it? Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, you are not this. You are not. You are not a church. You are a cult. Today, practically. The, the male. You are not a church. You are a cult. You are not a pastor. You are a cult leader. Wow. Is it not fantastic? Is it not amazing? Yeah. It is amazing. Amen. So, I'm just telling you, those of you who feel suddenly everything's going to be alright. No. Number four, number four. How many people do you call do you have? Four. Five. The call of Joseph. And Joseph dreamed a dream. And he told it to his brethren. And they hated him the yet more. And he said unto them, Pray I hear thee, this dream which I have prayed. We were binding sheaves. My sheep arose and stood upright. Your sheep stood around, made obeisance to my sheep. And his brethren said unto him, Shall thou indeed reign over us? Or shall thou have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. (laughs) And he dreamed yet another dream and told it to his brethren. I've dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun, the moon, and eleven stars made obeisance to me. And he told it to his father and his brethren. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come down and bow down ourselves to thee to the earth? Amen. But in Genesis 44, verse 14, the Bible says, And Judah and his brethren came to Joseph's house, for he was yet there, and they fell before him on the ground. It happened practically. Now, shall thou indeed reign over us, or shall thou indeed have dominion over us? You can be sitting in this church, on this camp, 
And one day you will be the presiding bishop of Overlighters. You are sitting here. And some of us may be old. And we'll be sitting down watching you doing things. It's possible. He said that, will I come and bow down? My father and all of us come and bow down. Will you reign over us? Is it possible? It's possible. Yeah. How many find it difficult to imagine? Unbelievable, isn't it? It's possible. Very, very possible. God is fantastic. One day, one of you could be the leader of an Akazo school. You have rich experience of ministry. Amen. Is it possible? Is it fantastic? Is it going to happen? It's happening practically. You are going to be very great. But it's almost impossible to see by looking at you. You need to have the wisdom and understanding of the Lord to know that, look, this thing, it's going to happen practically. It's the word of His patience. It's the word of His patience. The word of my patience. Amen. During your graduation, the Archbishop Duncan Williams came there. What did he say? He said, what did he say? He said, he does not only just call me a son, but also a friend. And that he has learned, he's even learned things from me. Yeah. You see, but years ago, I started in his church. I went up to him. I said, pray for me. I speak in tongues. And I am not sure whether it's tongues. He prayed for how low I must have been spiritually. Just receive Holy Spirit baptism. Just. And he prayed for me. He had already been to Bible school, was already qualified as a pastor. And he prayed for me. That one day he would say that I learned from this. Well, this, this little boy here is my friend. Wow. You see, but it takes years. It takes years. When was I in Achimota school? 1979. <laughs> 1978, 79. Huh? Yeah. Where were you? Where were you in 1979? You were not in existence. When I met Archbishop Duncan Williams, you had not yet been born. 
So, I mean, when God, many years ago, a pastor put his hand on my, on my shoulder and he said, God is going to use you. This must have been nothing less than 1979-1980. He said, God is going to use you. God is going to use you. Wow. He, he, he put his eyes that God is going to use you. What does it mean? Are you there? Yes. Are you listening to me? Yeah. God is going to use you. So, these things, they are words of my patience. Oh. They are words of my patience. Yeah. I had a dream holding a torch. Years ago, I was holding a torch. Yes, before the torch and the sword had been written. I was holding a torch like that. I was leading people. Or somebody had a dream and saw me holding a torch and came and told me, see me holding a torch and leading people. I was in Achimota school. Yeah. Years ago. No. I was in lower sex. Which is 1980. October 1980. The word of my patience. Yeah. Somebody saw me with it. Before the torch and the sword had been written. So, you must approach the intentions of God. You know, recently I was with Archbishop Duncan Williams and he prayed a prayer. He prayed for either me of all of us. And he said, Lord, let the intentions that were originally destined for all of us happen. And I realized that it's a very important prayer because sometimes the intentions of God, like Joseph, they could easily not have happened because the intentions of God was that all his brothers and sisters will come and bow down to him. This was the plan of God. He showed it to him as a child. That one day, and the whole life was lived for that day when they came to bow down. That was the fulfillment of his life's vision. And sometimes your vision of your life is fulfilled in just one day. It has happened. When something happens, then your calling has been fulfilled. Yeah. Now it's possible. It's possible. For you to come back to Polygon and you, you are not interested in Ayoko. You are interested in regal Chinese restaurants. Or you are eating at Golden Tulip Hotel. Shabaya. Or you are eating at Ambassador Hotel. Holiday Inn. They are not interested in Ayoko. Or Kitchen Pepe. Pepe Kitchen. Or Jollof Center. What is Jollof Center? You will say, what is Jollof Center? I remember when I was under torment. And I prayed to God for just 50 pesos. So that I can go to the Jollof Center. Say, Lord, Lord, Lord. But God has done it. It will happen practically. You pass by. 
Hey, all these places. This is where I suffered. There are places in London I, I just went there just to see the place. I remember my, even right now there are some places I want to go there. There is a hostel I stayed in there. My friend stayed in that hostel. <laughs> he told me, he said, look, when I came to this place, he said it was winter time. The temperature was minus four degrees. He said, I went to bath. And he said that I didn't know how to turn on the hot water. When I turned it on, I didn't know that you turn and turn and turn and turn and it becomes hot at the end. So he said he turned it on. The, the water is like a river water. <laughs> river water with ice in it. He said, I bath with the ice every day. <laughs> been through. I met him recently. He took me to that place. He showed me that this is a place you can stay here. I've slept on buses before. Me, I slept on buses. I didn't have somewhere to stay. Yeah. I slept in a bus. There was nowhere to stay. For me, moving around, no food, no, no nothing. Yeah. Till daybreak. When I see them, I say, hmm. Uh-huh. I know this. So God can change everything round. Uh, one day you be walking, you tell a young man, "This not how to dress." You tell, have you been abroad before? Sir? Have, you, have you been? You've not been abroad before. You've not sat on a plane before. You see, it will happen practically. Yes, I go. A pastor put his hand on me. Said, "God is going to use you." When I went to Korea this time, Yogi Cho said something to me. I said, wow. I put it in my heart. I just put it in my heart. I just put it in my heart. Amen. I just put it in my heart. It's a word of patience. Are you going to reign over us? There's no way you can reign. But one day you may be reigning. All of us will be sitting down. We will even be happy to see you. So that our sons... We won't even call you sons. You, you will call us fathers. Because a father who has to call his sons sons, they are not correct sons. It's true. You see, one day, a certain woman, she was having a, a funeral. And the different, different children from different fathers. So, the family people, they called one of the ladies, the young ladies, and they told her, your mother is from this place. And she told them, my mother is this woman here who has looked after me all these years. I don't know any other mother. She's my mother. So they went to the real madam, and they told her that this lady says you are her mother. And the, the, the mother spoke a wise saying. She said, if she says that I am her mother, then I am her mother. If she says I am her because she was brought to me when I was two years, when she was two years old, and I've looked after her all that. If she recognizes that I am her mother, then I am her mother. But I will not say it. I will not say that she's my daughter. But if she says that I am her mother, then I am her mother. 
Because she was brought to me from the age of two. I looked after her and I brought her. You see, if you grow up and you say, this is my father, it's different from when we have to say, my son this, my son this, my son. You rarely hear me calling somebody my son. Have you heard me saying my son? It's, it's not common. Even myself, my daughter, I call people my son and my daughter. I don't usually go to my son and my daughter. It's not common. Yeah. If you, you were brought at the age of two, you realize that I'm your father. Then you, so be it. Yeah. It is a very wise lady. That's why she said that. So one day you may be sitting here and saying, my fathers, or the fathers who helped us, who helped us to climb out of the dust. People meet us when we go when we travel at airports, shake hands. This year it started to happen. People started to meet me at airports, crowds. It started from January this year. Yeah, it has never happened to me before. All my life I've been, nobody meets me at the, I mean, the one or two people coming, but crowds, clapping, banners. It started this year. Yeah. Even, even recently when I went to Trinidad, the whole airport, everybody was to place was full of people. Lighthouse people filled the airport. Clapping to welcome me to Trinidad. That is not how I went to Trinidad the last time. Yeah. The last time I just came quietly. Streets lined up with people cheering. Don't know who, who is it who has come. I'm telling you. Different places. But you see, when he goes that the sun and the moon will bow down to you, and you start going and say, are you the sun? You are the sun or the moon? Are you the sun or the moon? Or you are supposed to bow. Bow! I say, bow! Bow now! Hallelujah! Amen! We are blessed. Number six. The call of Joshua needed patience. It was also a word of patience. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, "Moses, my servant, is dead. Now rise, go over this Jordan." Joshua one one. Thou and all these people to the land which I do give them. Wow! Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread, that have I given unto you. Hey. You see, it sounds so fantastic. 
Just step and then you have it. Just step and then you have it. It's not not just like that. You see, in the end it will be true. But it's not just as simple as, touch here is for me. 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 Everybody will just give it to you like that. No. It's not like that. There shall not be any man able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shall thou divide an inheritance. Only be thou strong, very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law that my Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not to the right or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Amen. Wow! From the wilderness and this Lebanon, which is up unto the, unto the great river, even the river Euphrates, all the land. Uh, even, you see, that is the Grand River is the um, Euphrates. It's in Iraq. Israel was stretching all the way to Iraq. <laughs> this wilderness to the great river Euphrates. All those the original boundaries of Israel that are written in the Bible, it's not at all what they are having now. The boundaries have been spreading and expanding after the sixth day war in 1967. They expanded and took the whole of Jerusalem, added all those places, took different places. But they keep on from 1947, 45, till now, they keep on fighting and adding more. In 1967, they had fought for six days and added the Golan Heights, which was in the north of Syria, added some other places. Jerusalem expanded towards Bethlehem and all that. Recently, they've given some... I mean, it's not the original boundary to the great Euphrates River. Iraq is on top of Israel. On top of Israel is Syria. On the left, Damascus. When Paul said he was going to Damascus, he was going straight north of Israel, either straight up to Damascus at the top. And on the side, there is Lebanon. These are the borders. But above it, from this Lebanon up to the great river, is Iraq. <laughs> Where is step noise for you? You are going to fight, my sister. And, and, and Joshua knew it. He knew he was going for a big fight of his life. He knew he was going to struggle. He knew it was going to be a long wahala before it's over in his life. Amen. Are you listening? Are you listening? Amen. So, I want you to know that God's vision for you is great. Now, somebody may ask, why don't we reduce the vision a bit? So that it's not requiring too much patience. Why don't we lower the vision a bit so that there's not too much patience is required? Do you get it? Are you with me? I'll tell you why. You see, many things that God is going to accomplish, He's going to accomplish through a series of people which includes you. Do you see? You live too short to fully accomplish the real will of God. Your life is too short. So we have to accomplish the will of God through 
a series of people. That's why when you separate yourself, you quarrel against sound wisdom. Do you understand? Yeah. When you separate yourself, you are quarreling against all forms of sound wisdom that you, you should have had. So, you live too short and you minister too short to accomplish the fullness of God's will. So, you need a lot of people who are living to help you and those who are coming to join to help accomplish. So, when God was saying, all this land I'll give to you, your servants, you'll be this great nation, I'll make you. It included his descendants and those who are going to come after to fulfill that vision. So, sometimes the vision that you have, you may even be laying the foundation when God says that this entire village shall, be, shall fall to you and to the gospel, maybe it includes you and your associates and your branches and those who will come after and your children and some other people who will be there when you are gone. Yeah. That is one of the reasons. And the second reason why God does not lower the vision is that usually you fall short of whatever you aim at. So if you aim low, you, you fall very low. So you always have to aim high. So you, 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 you must always aim for the ideal. The ideal are the stars. They are up in the sky. So you aim for the stars. But the reality is the land, what you are actually start working on. So you have to aim for the ideal, but there's the real of what you will really experience. You understand? Yeah. So when, when Papa Hagen said he must spread this word to the nations and all that, it included me. I'm part of Papa Hagen's calling. I'm part of Papa Hagen's calling right here in Ghana. I'm an extension of what he came to do on the earth. As I'm continuing, even the Basel mission in Switzerland, which established this very church which we are in. I am a continuation of the Basel mission also. If, it, if you can receive it. Because the Basel mission, my mother is from Basel. Switzerland. Do you understand? The right the street, even our house at Osu where we live, is called Mission Street Extension. Basel Mission came to Ghana. The Basel Mission that came to Ghana. They are the mission. Basel Mission that brought the gospel to Ghana 1843 somewhere there. They built where we are walking now. This is a new building, but this is the first church they had. I think this is the first church in Ghana, this one. Yeah. Yeah. It included me. They started missions to the whole world. Today, when you go to Basel Mission Street in Basel, Switzerland, the whole Basel Mission is now in a wardrobe downstairs underground in a hotel because the mission has been turned into a hotel, a business. And there's a wardrobe downstairs underground where they keep the files and the cabinets of the records of all the missions. You see, so that has ended but a Swiss woman, do you understand, met a Ghanaian and gave birth to me. And here I am, walking in the same, let's say missionaries here, missionaries here, missionaries here, all over. So it's continuing. So recently we had a march, a symbolic march. We went to Basel and we marched there. And it's like the missions that they came to Ghana to start the mission and bring Christianity to Ghana. It is in Ghana that Christianity is brought, but in Switzerland it's finished. So if they have not come here, these missionaries and the churches which exist now, so that whole Basel mission would have just been the wardrobe there. But now it is Ghana and all the missionaries and then even some to come back. 
Is it not amazing? So many times your calling is not just you, but it's involving. So that's why we don't have to break relationships. That's why the Bible says, He that separated himself, seeketh his own desire, and quarrels against all sound wisdom. But when I separate myself from you, I'm quarreling against sound intelligence. Because you are part of me. You are part of my calling. I'm part of Papa Hagen's calling. I'm part of the Basel mission. I'm, I'm a mixture. Just like, you know, even your seed. Some of you don't even know where you are really from. Yeah, you don't even know where you are from. Because some of your fathers are not your father, you think. And sometimes your father is a mixture of this and that, that and that, this and that. All together makes you. So, we are spiritually also mixtures. Basel Mission, Kenneth Hagen Ministry, Scripture Union, so many seeds have been put in, combined together, then it's forming something. I'm telling you. So, that is why these big, big, wild, high callings are mentioned over people. Because your calling is not just you. It's you and others. It's you and others who will come. It's you to aim to what God really wants to do. And number three, the third reason why God gives you this fantastic calling is because that is exactly what He's going to do. It will happen practically. The Bible says, this is the hand of the Lord that is stretched out to do it. Who can disannul it? Who can turn back His hand? God has decided to do it. His word is set and He will do it with you or without you. So, you must not separate yourself when God has great callings for you. Amen. You must understand. It's it's a long thing. And that is why we have to relate till death. Coffins must separate us. Death. Graveside is where we say goodbye. We say goodbye at the graveside. Not before. You don't say bye-bye to me until I'm in my grave or until you are in your grave. When you are in your grave, then that is bye-bye. But until then, we are together. We have to be together to the end. Because your calling is connected to my calling. My calling is connected to your calling. How many are understanding the fantastic callings of God? Amen. Okay, before we take the next one, we are going to take a break for five minutes because today I'm just giving you the call of God. Amen. Amen. And then after that, tomorrow, for a short time, I'm going to give you the um, other side of it. It has two parts. Amen. So let's take a break for a few minutes, five minutes, to give you a break to use the toilet or whatever. Stretch yourself. We come back because we are not going very late. This is a camp. I told you the message I I would have given you during the graduation. I cannot give this kind of message. They will be tired, you know. So I have to bring you here to tell you that it's the word of my patience. Hallelujah. Amen.